0: Hey everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have an oh, I have an awesome show planned for you today. Hopefully it all works out. Um but uh Kate, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming back on. I know you just got back home a little while ago.
1: Uh yeah, I was in Las Vegas for a little <laughs> a little R&R vacay. Wow,
2: nice. What took you down there? Just a little bit of
1: uh fun? Uh yeah, literally just vacation. So I kind of looked at what was on sale at the time it was kind yes. of a toss-up between mexico and las vegas kind of wish i did mexico uh, instead right. but how long were you there t-
2: that see that's the key to vegas how long five I mean, days too long too
1: yeah. long. well it wasn't too long uh, no? but it's so ex- like the food is so expensive down there yeah all right so did you I have the
0: volcano nachos
1: i didn't no <sighs> I, I tried to mostly eat Pretty good.
2: Did you? Was there a? If I would have known you're you're gonna go down to Vegas, I would have made my recommendation on Mexican. There's oh like,
1: okay oh. yeah, I'm sure there's some really good stuff down there. No, no. Um, I'm I'm sure I'll probably be back down there in the future. Did you it's have just an, a, a notable one? And, what's that?
2: Was there a notable standout meal that you had?
1: No, honestly, like we just had kind of whatever was quick and. All oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because to have a good restaurant meal like obviously vegas has amazing restaurants but to have a really good restaurant meal down there from some of the places that are well known and stuff it's like 200 300 us for two people so yeah
0: it is yeah kind of crazy kind of crazy Did you see a uh, show anything
1: i did yeah so we went to see carrot top oh yeah how was that actually hilarious Oh, yeah? Uh, it was really good. Yeah, I didn't really know too much about him, and then i had heard him on Joe Rogan a couple of years ago, right? and he just seemed like, you know, he looks so weird.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, but he just sounded like such a normal down-to-earth guy on mm. Joe Rogan, mm. and then we went to see him, and it was a really good show, and then we oh, also nice. went to watch boxing, so we went to the oh, cool. Caleb plant Benavides uh match. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. I've never been to a straight-up mega boxing match i mean Mm i've been to amateurs and i've seen my cousins fight and all of that good stuff but i've never seen like the big leagues
1: yeah it was really good there were a Mm. couple of really good fights on the undercard as well so Mm. it was a good time at the mgm grand so it was nice yeah
0: that's fantastic Mm -hmm. i have not been to vegas in many years uh the last time I was there I spent 10 days. It was way
1: oh, bro, That that's That's a long time too long.
2: That is 2 times longer bad. than Kate which was already 2 times longer than it needed to be. So We went know.
0: over Christmas and New Year's. <clears throat> so it was it was not good. It was so bad. There she is. Saya. Uh, Hi.
3: Going? Sorry, uh technical difficulties. Clearly <laughs> I don't know how to work things.
0: <laughs> All good. Welcome to the jungle. Well, it. <laughs> um, so I do have uh, one quick point before we go anywhere. I just want to make sure that everybody remembers to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so that you can get that little email saying that we are live. But the actual thing that I wanted to show off was this. So that yesterday we were talking about I'm gonna put it mm-hmm. with your family at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we were talking about using these cards, and I wanted to go through a couple of these just because I think it's a great, they have different kinds. So this one is our moments, kids. There's our moments, dates. There's our moments, family. There's our moments, whatever, right? Like you can just use, That's them. not there's, that weird. There's lots of different kinds, but some of them, I just wanted to read off a couple of them. Cause I think they're great questions. Um,
2: Did you cherry pick them or are you going to go random? No, I just random would be. Way, oh, good. Random's way more fun.
0: Yeah. Okay. So go. right off the bat, if you had to choose only three words to describe me, what would you say? tall um, one, tall there you go Oh, Thank does you. that oh i wasn't supposed to say anything what are the most important things your parents have taught you if you could change one thing about your parents what would it be what's the best thing about our family this is a good one is the discipline in your in our family fair and just then it's like a, it's a friggin' stack so there's probably like, like 150 cards in here and so you just plow, plow through them if you want to or talk through them or i just it's such a great thing uh amber my wife found them online and was like hey i want to try these i was like let's do it and they've they've helped a lot of conversations a lot of deep thought from you know four or five year old kids that had never who thought deeper you or them both <laughs> that was the key um so i just wanted to show those off because uh they're great and you can get them on amazon
2: i thought we were gonna play a fun
0: game there first <clears throat> oh, we can <laughs> We can't. I hey, be you know, part what? of the game. Yeah, no, right, right. I,
2: thought, I, I, thought I, I want to think that's deeply.
0: Okay, here I'm just gonna grab one from the middle, random. David, random from the David, middle, random. Right here, I'm not looking. Okay, Saya has to go first. I, I see oh. her getting all like warmed <laughs> up I was over like, there. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> talk,
2: talk
0: what do you funny. think makes a happy family? Mm. Uh, Saya, you're up.
3: Honesty. Oh, I, I would look say at honesty. You. Yeah.
0: That's a good one.
3: Yeah, because uh, I know a lot of family members uh, don't tell everything all the time. Like you hide it until you know. Sometimes it explodes in a awkward situation. Big family gathering, drinking, <laughs> then it comes out.
0: <laughs> As all the good times do, right? <laughs> right when everyone's drinking at home. Oh, you know the Irish. <laughs> I was gonna. I wasn't gonna say it, Sean. But hey, uh, Kate, what do you think? What do you think makes a happy family?
1: Um, This is a tough one. Um, I don't know. Taking time to do activities and spend time together, like deliberately.
0: I like that. Taking the time, too. That's very important. Sean, what do you think? Uh, It's
2: a great question, man. I love this game. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to go with... Because all the good answers were stolen already. I will go with... The understanding that each member of the family is pursuing their idealized awesomeness, whatever that means. So if I know that everyone in the family, myself included, is doing the thing that they want to be really cool with or have fun with or be awesome at, as long as everyone is in the game, then I'm happy with all of us being in the game.
0: I like that a lot. I was going to say engagement is that uh, the things that really make the times that our family has been together and really happy is when we're all engaged in something. Mm -hmm. So like maybe we're all watching a movie on the couch, but we're all engaged in it and it's just an enjoyable time or we're all out for a walk or we're all out traveling or whatever. Like, I think that uh, I guess having all the buy-in
2: would be the one for me. Which gets trickier as they get older. So now with 18 and 19 year old boys, you know, like that's why I'm hedging my answer the way I have, (laughs) because, you know, back when they were that age, like your boys, like, yeah, yeah, I just hope the popcorn's good. You know, that's enough. You know what I mean? Uh, But as they get older, you'll find that
0: the complexity of life is more challenging. As as it is with everything, right? The farther you get into anything, the complexity increases. So you guys want to do another one? i gotta hold that into this game bring <laughs> it Let's do it actually sorry
2: i've already probably derailed this by getting all enthusiastic <laughs> uh, but uh, did you I'll have do. topics buddy because i mean uh i'm this is a fun little thing to do with the ladies but can can we all use our time more wisely or i don't know how do we make the internet better with the two ladies well,
0: I uh, let's here, I'll tell you what we'll do one more and then we'll jump okay. into a topic. Okay, okay. So, I'm going to grab another random one from the center of the deck. Make sure everybody can see that I'm just grabbing David something Coffee random. the field. Watch his fingers. Right. <laughs> Don't let him distract you. Here we go. Everybody look at my saddle. Ooh. No, there we go. So, what do we got here? Ooh, if you planned our next family vacation, where would we go and what would we do? I'm going to put Sean on the fire. Well, this is kind of like cheating
2: because I've been working on this problem almost all year so far because in October, apparently I turned 60 and my wife is just on my case for us to go somewhere for my 60th and she keeps saying, which country are we going to? Which country are we going to? Which country are we going to? And I still don't have a legit answer because I've run through, you know, several countries that are really fascinating to me and my mood kind of sort of orients us towards this country or that country. And I've been to a lot of countries already. So I don't know, man. Uh, What I'm looking for, honestly, is to go somewhere where I can absorb culture and history and people watch and become better. But in a casual, oblique, warm Sicilian sun angle that feels good on my left cheek, whatever Hmm. that means. And it's not that I want to go to Sicily. I just want a certain... Vibe. I want a certain feeling. I want a certain outcome that I don't even know where that country is yet. But I have something. I have a vibe in mind. So mm-hmm. that's as far as I can go on that answer.
0: My first thought
2: is Casablanca. Uh, look mm. at you go, bang! Maybe um, I could uh, maybe I could wear a white hat and yeah. go down some stairs. I'm
1: definitely it, picturing Sean like on a rooftop with a white hat. That's right. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> In all the gin joints and all the time. Anyway, um, Kate, what do you think? Where would you go? If you had I mean, clients, is you this just got like, back from one But
1: <laughs> Do we have, um, is this like uh, in an ideal scenario where we have yeah. unlimited? Yeah. Money yeah. It's not Vegas. Yeah. No, it, I don't gamble. So <laughs> Vegas, but, I mean, Vegas is fun, but my, one of my bucket list trips is scuba diving in the Galapagos Islands.
0: Ooh. Oh, That'd be sweet.
2: Yeah. That would be pricey.
1: Awesome. Very pricey. Well, you know, on that,
2: on that note. Um, so when I've been down that way several times and at one point I was considering hopping uh, offshore to go to the Galapagos uh, because it would be about as cheap as I could make it while I was in country. And I thought, Oh man, the flight there, the flight back, it seems mm-hmm. kind of expensive. Maybe I'll do that some other time, but you know what? When I was there, it was cheap as borscht to go Mm -hmm. and do that compared to what it is now. And so I regret not going when I thought I should probably go, but can I afford it? Of course I could have afforded it easily, but somehow in my little brain, I I couldn't assign the correct cost valuation to be able to go do it. Now I regret not doing it. So Mm. if you've got it in your head, go do it. Find a way.
1: I'm oh like, yeah, don't, well, don't be
2: me. <laughs>
1: no, but it's about uh, it's about ten grand for uh, one of the liveaboard scuba diving wow. boats there for about seven days. So it's oh yeah, definitely pricey. It sounds oh, yeah. like
0: money well spent. Yeah, it it, it will be. Yeah, Saya, yeah. what do you think? Uh, where would you go on vacation?
3: So uh, Persian New Year just passed, um, so I would want to be somewhere closer. So I would say Turkey because that's the only thing that would be somewhat closer to my culture
0: hmm where in Turkey? Oh we lost your audio oh,
3: you're muted Sure. Um, oh there we go uh, yeah, you're, no, back. I, uh, you're back. Can you hear me okay yep. yeah I um, yeah I would I would love to um, just go uh, to Turkey because it's cl- the closest country I can go to. I can't go to Iran so mm-hmm. it would be yeah Turkey
0: yeah. that'd be cool like
3: just maybe like see the um, all the balloons get that experience like cool. just all the photos it's just so cool.
0: I recently watched an iconic uh, photo of the hot air balloons, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, I recently watched a documentary. I don't know how accurate it is, but there's uh, giant ruins in Turkey somewhere. I can't remember what they're called, but um, that are supposedly built by giants. And they're massive monolith pieces that have been put up together. And I was like, that'd be freaking cool to go see. Um, But yeah, as for a vacation, I I think the boys really want to go back to the beach. That's the big place. So anywhere that has a beach for them. That's not a country. No, it's not. But uh, that's for them, it is a country. <laughs> Whenever I say, hey, do you, where do you want to go on a vacation? They're like, the beach. I was like, which beach? They're like, the beach. Make it happen. so. Dude, you
2: should that, save some money so you don't have to travel. You could just pour like a half ton of sand on your front lawn and say, boys, there's the beach. There go it visit is, the right? country in our front front yard.
1: I guess I always just take it for granted because I've always... Lived in Halifax or Victoria. I guess I lived in Toronto for a bit, but you can still get to a beach fairly easily. But, uh, but yeah, usually I'm on a coast and I'm like, okay, the beach is just down the street.
0: Yeah, we don't have it here. Last time we went to the beach was Vancouver when we went for Pegasus Jump last year. Mm. Um, the boys and my wife went to the beach in Vancouver with her brother. Before that, we went to Turks and Caicos, which was wow. unbelievable. It was so gorgeous, um, but yeah,
2: that's that. We're that not a crazy. beach guy. In fact, I've. It's not that I'm notorious for saying it, but I'm comfortable saying it, and I know that it annoys some people. But I'm just gonna get it out there, and you can all just deal with it. I ain't into laying in the dirt, man. I, I my idea of a vacation is not spending a boatload of money, flying across the world to go lay in dirt that just I ain't don't like me cleaning. I, I, I don't like any of it laying in the dirt ain't for me. I'm more interested. So that's why I explained the country that I would go to. I don't even know what it is because I've been, it's not that I've been to so many countries and done so many things. It's just that nowadays I don't have to categorize it as a singular. I got to go see those ruins. I've seen lots of ruins. I got to go blah, 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 because I've done lots of blah, blah, blah. For me nowadays, it's about pursuing a vibe, a vibe that I have inside of my my soul, my head, my whatever. It's a feeling that I want to pursue, and and I'll I'll, I'll find it while I'm traveling by focusing on looking for the specific vibe that I was interested in. So there's probably 30 countries that I could go to to get the vibe that I want to get. And it's just for me to, you know, refine my top three and then go nail it. And by nail it, I don't mean like perf- perfectly execute the low oblique Sicilian sunshine on my left neck. It's about pursuing a vibe that will be somewhere in that uh, region of a feeling. But it's the feelings that I. it's the experiences that I want, not the touching the ruin anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I uh, I have not done a lot of traveling in my life, so I, I still want to go to those places, the the things I want to see, the stuff like Juno Beach or um, Dieppe, or you know things like that. Or um, my wife really wanted to go to Stonehenge one day, and I was like, "Ooh, that'd be cool." But I also realized that a lot of times the 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 magic of those places gets ruined by all of the tourists going to see it, and then. It's just like, hey, look, a bunch of stones in the ground. Cool. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Time to go. That's why I chase the vibe because yeah. I'm well over
2: forty countries now, and uh, the idea being that standing at Stonehenge, you're not even there if you're just looking at all the tourists. Again, you could be laying in a patch of dirt in your front yard. It's yeah. the same, same. When I go to those places, I stand, make all of the visitors disappear. And I feel the vibe. I stand and feel it. I don't stand and look at it. I feel it, and it, it removes all of the white noise of all of the, you know, the kid in front of me dropping his ice cream cone on his foot and crying. Like I can make that kid disappear in my mind because I'm I'm vibing. You know what
0: I mean? I yeah. I'm I'm well over. Well, I'm not well over. I'm over three countries. So I got, I got a ways to go before I get to that level. Well, um, well, don't don't skip over that like it's uh, inconsequential
2: because you do and you should be pursuing. It is important. The greatest education you can get is to go and visit other histories and cultures and peoples. And so when I was in Ottawa on the weekend hanging out with my old school buddies, uh, a guy called Sean Bannis, who uh, was the first civilian when I jumped out of the teams to, that I thought, this dude's cool. I might let him hang out with me. <laughs> Only tease him, buddy, if you're going to listen to this. So uh, when I was hanging out with him this weekend, after not seeing him for over two decades, he was saying, uh, uh, he's saying, do you think you'll have a drink with me this week? And I was like, bro, I don't drink beer. I rarely drink this. And he said, just have a Guinness with me. So we had to go through that whole thing. He ground me down. I had my third beer in six years with him, a Guinness. As we were enjoying the Guinness, he said, do you drink anything else? And I said, bro, I don't drink beer anymore, but because of you, I am right now. But I do allow myself six one-ounce scotch or whiskeys per year. And I might only have, like last year, I had four. This year, I've had one. I don't know how many I'll end up in, but I cap out at six. And he said, when did you start liking scotch? And I said, well, I didn't until one day. I asked myself, why don't I like scotch? And my answer was, because I don't know anything about it. So you know what I did, Chance Burles? That day, I booked a ticket to Scotland, and I spent two weeks traveling through Scotland, getting my act together, Mm -hmm. figuring out, talking to every old guy on the counter of the bar, every pub that I walked into. I went straight next to, sit down next to the old guy and say, what's your favorite scotch and why? And so interacting with the world, around me in my own little town is different than interacting with the world in another country. And it's the greatest education you can get. I don't doubt it.
0: I, uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> don't even.
1: <laughs> Sean, where did you come up with like, why six? Why not another number?
0: Well,
2: that's a great question. I don't even know. Kate. I just, I was like, cause my lucky number is eight. I should have gone with eight, but eight seems excessive for some reason. <laughs>
1: Maybe you scotch night. in a year, no. <laughs> I know, I
2: know, I know. But it, it for some reason I came up with six, and I don't even know, Kate. No one's ever asked me that question. Good question.
0: I don't know. But I came up with six. There you go. Look at that. You stumped them. Well done, Kate. Stumped Stumpage. Sean Taylor. Bang. Just like that. Okay. Uh any other thoughts, comments, or um random pieces of information before we jump into a topic. Hit it. All right, let's do it. Um so I wanted to specifically talk about this one and it's been a while I've been trying to find the right people to dive in on this one, but I think we got the right crew here today. You'll have to excuse my voice. Uh we were doing a lot of choking yesterday. Jiu so my neck is just killing me right now. Not a
1: I thought Big Bird got the avian too.
0: Uh well, I might have picked something up from my son who's been issue roughing, roughing it with uh with strep, but uh Oh, yeah. This is, Enjoy. It's, it's too acute to, like... <laughs> I spent all night getting choked last night with my gi, getting, like, Good. all kinds of stuff. So I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. There's a lot of inflammation. Anyway, um, here's the topic. How to do something hard, possibly detrimental, and highly da- highly dangerous. And the reason I want to talk about this is because we, ha- we we have some experience on the panel here about this, but specifically I wanted to ask... Not only how do we do it for ourselves, but how do we convince other people to also do something hard, possibly detrimental, and highly dangerous? Like join the police force, or the military, or jump out of planes, or go rock climbing, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, scuba diving, whatever. But I think this is a, it's an important topic because we can, we can show other people that we do things But until they experience the things that, uh, you know, the highly dangerous, possibly detrimental, (laughs) hard things to do, um, they'll never experience it. So how do we get not only ourselves, but other people to join in on those awesome things that we do that are kind of looked at as crazy?
1: What do you mean by detrimental? Or do you mean that there's possible like risk to injury? Maybe There's risk to injury,
0: that kind of stuff. So, I mean, as in like, if you were to start rock climbing, there is always a possibility that you could fall and hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always a possibility you could strain a muscle or rip a bicep or even with, you know, weightlifting or uh, Olympic lifting or powerlifting or whatever. Like there's, there's a level of risk. I guess that's what it should be there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest things with this too is risk mitigation. Okay. So pick rock climbing, for example, because you brought it up. So, okay. For someone that wants to get into that, for example, Like you're not just going to go book a ticket to Yosemite and start free soloing El Cap. So first of all, okay, so maybe maybe I'll take an intro to rock climbing at my local gym. And then you've got that safety bubble sort of built in. You're, you're being instructed by someone who's competent and knows what they're doing. You're on like top ropes. So there's very little risk of you getting injured. They change out their ropes regularly and inspect them. They teach you how to tie the proper knots. They inspect your knots before they let you get on the wall. So that's sort of the first step in risk mitigation. And then for yourself, it's like staying proficient and learning whatever skills have to be learned in that. So this is a good example that I like because I enjoy rock climbing and I didn't start climbing outside before I felt comfortable. So I probably had the skill and the knowledge to go climb outside, but I, I wasn't quite sure. So I took an intro to rock course and I went out, okay, yes, this instructor showed us the proper sequence on how to climb, build an anchor, clear the anchors, all of this stuff, right? So then, and then it's sort of on me to stay competent and make sure that I still know what I'm doing before I climb up to the top and realize like, oh, I forget how to build an anchor. So a lot of it, I think is just that, that risk mitigation and like staying proficient at whatever the activity is.
0: Hmm. I like it. Saya. any thoughts?
3: Um, It it really depends on the circumstance. I mean, definitely the, the jump last year was, uh, um, it was unbelievable. Like I, I, I can't describe it until another person does it. uh, I've never felt so, free as soon as the shoot opened it it was absolute peace i i can't describe it other than peace there was nobody else there but birds and a mic that tells me you know which direction to which way to pull so i i i couldn't believe it the adrenaline dump that happened it's like going into a gun call but immediately when the shoot opened it was complete silence and just you and nature, so um, I I couldn't describe that to anybody. Nobody understands that unless you've actually jumped. So um, for that one, definitely the reward at the end of it was huge for me. Um, challenging yourself, but with policing, it's a little different. I would say, um, just like Kate said, like it's always about risk management. Like when you go into a, um, a call that you know you're going to be fighting with somebody but you're either alone or you're asking for your cover unit to come and it's going to be a few minutes behind you it's the city I work in is a little bit um less um coverage than like Surrey would be comparison so I don't have a uh, cover unit all the time with me but definitely uh, risk management is huge like it's as soon as you know um Uh, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, as much as I like to say, like we are all a little bit of adrenaline junkies. That's why we do what we do. Um, Like all of us right now talking as well. Uh, Like no one goes, goes, you know, climbing unless they were trying to like get rid of a fear. Um, But even, um, even the, the actual uh, uh, operation Pegasus, um, I, I didn't see the ground like, someone that's, I guess, fearful of height. It just looked like um, we're looking at a map from above until you fully uh, commit to that. Okay. I'm holding a wing of a plane. Are you crazy? What are you doing? Um, but yeah, it was, it's definitely risk management, but I mean, I trusted every person that was with me out there. Like the instructors, you know, taught us everything and they had the shoot in their hand and uh Rob was amazing. He was one of the best instructors over there. And uh, uh, Mackel was fantastic. So I just, it, I had that major adrenaline dump right as soon as the chute opened. And then it was peace. It's again, just like policing, as soon as you're going into that doorway, full extreme adrenaline. And then immediately afterwards, once everything comes down, your hands are shaking. Now you realize what's actually happened. So definitely risk management for sure. Like you have to know where you're going into.
0: I like that. John, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I just got on unmute. My wife's coming in from a runner or ski or something like that. Um, so if there's any background noise, it's my wife who just finished kicking ass. So how to do something hard, possibly detrimental and highly dangerous. Well, I think you've got to contextualize who you are in the moment and what you're going to be entering into, because my idea of hard, detrimental and dangerous is different than my neighbors. But at the end of the day, it's hard, detrimental and dangerous to him. It's hard, detrimental, dangerous to me. At different levels. So I'll be facing something way more bizarre than he's gonna face. But if we equalize the level of hard, detrimental, and dangerous, where I have the advantage, even if we're on the leveled up to some degree, is I've just got so much experience doing it. And so I I don't even have to I don't even have to think to step into hard detrimental and highly dangerous. It just feels normal to me fact, sometimes i like it so um i think the idea being how to do depends on who you are and so if you're new to the game of hard detrimental and dangerous and you don't want to step into that fiery heat uh, with your head spinning then you don't have to step at all just look around for someone who stepped into it a lot And sit down and talk with them and figure out your strategy on how best to do that on day one. So what I like to do is I like to go and do my thing and not like talk about it a whole lot and just hope that someone out there sees me doing the hard, detrimental and possibly dangerous things that I do most days and and realizes that it ain't so bad. His head didn't fall off. He's still got all his limbs. It's not so hard to go out there and push the envelope to some degree and not fall apart. And and if I did fall apart, if I did fall off my bike and drop into the fetal position and have a little cry, no big deal. It didn't break me. I've just got to rehydrate with some electrolytes because I cried so much. So I don't think hard, detrimental, and highly dangerous is a big deal personally. Mm-hmm. But again, it all depends on your level of comfort. And if it's day one for you, you got to figure out people who are way better at it to start getting better at it yourself.
0: I re- I really like that risk mitigation is a is a is a key thing. A um, couple of com- couple of comments. Mor- um, Winterstorm says Morocco to your original point it's on the list, so definitely in there. Um, he also says you come back mentally and physically, you show them the way, set the path and they will follow if they trust you, which I think is accurate. <clears throat> but the, um, the reason I put this on here was when we talked to, uh, man of words, um, I can't remember his first name right now, but, um, you know, he just did his, his first BJJ class having no experience. And he's done two now done two now. right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So, um, but he also had some experience in martial arts. So he's going to be going into it with a slightly different mindset versus someone who's never experienced anything hard or anything challenging or anything that they think of as risky or dangerous to get them I like how you put that Sean, to get them to do it is to go ask people actually engage others for talk to experts in the field versus letting the, voices in your head tell you spin you up and tell you how bad it's going to be or how crazy it's going to be which is precisely what he did by the
2: way that literally the reason he got on the mat is because he's been watching us put up bjj videos and talk about bjj he got on the mat because we're doing it talking about it showing it living it and then he got on it and so i think I think he kind of did the entire process as described by you just now. And I think that's what we're all supposed to do is encourage others to do more, be better, become more awesome, simply by doing us and them seeing that it can be done.
1: Just like the, um, the military... <laughs> Instructional, how they all say, explain, 100%. demonstrate, imitate, right? Yeah, so you have sure. to demonstrate that, EDI. You know, other people will follow.
0: I love that. Yeah, E D I D I I. The the question I the now I, the question that kind of came raised my um, in the top of my brain right now is for for me growing up, you know, hard, detrimental, dangerous, risky stuff was kind of normal and a lot of the other guys I knew that was just kind of like we're going to go do something crazy was it growing up as ladies did you guys um, was it different for you to get into something hard detrimental dangerous was a different mindset was like I'm wondering is the was there any sort of I guess backlash maybe from your peers where people would be like what are you even doing
3: that kind don't of talk stuff, to my right? Boss. <laughs> what? <laughs> so don't talk
0: to my boss. <laughs> you want to elaborate um, on that a little, uh, but not too, like, not too much. Not too
3: right, much, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know if you've ever seen the commercials for the trunk monkey. No. It's a you, YouTube it later on. Um. Um. Uh, it push, pushes the button and then the the
2: oh, <laughs> <look at laughs> tactical trunk
3: monkey. Yes. Um. So I'm always the trunk monkey where I'm. I believe in like one of the biggest rules my first trainer my well, my only trainer uh, taught me was number one rule is preserve life in policing so whether it's um life of a victim or um uh, or another member or yourself preserve life so um yeah i'm always the, the trunk monkey where they're like yeah just grab on to her before she starts going out of the car and arresting because i I'm I'm in the plain close out of the house, so sometimes people just think I've they just parked in the wrong spot, and I'm some crazy Karen coming out of the car screaming, and then the cuff is on. So it's it depends on the circumstances for sure, but uh, yeah, it's tactical trunk monkey. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's, about, to, <laughs> that's about. I'll have to send
0: you my uh, the patch here because
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it's pretty awesome. Um, Kate, you have any thoughts on?
1: Uh, yeah, so I played a lot of sports growing up, like a ton of sports, but I was never into anything overly risky. So like Saya was saying earlier, like, oh, you're not gonna, you know, you're somewhat of an adrenaline junkie unless you're doing it to get over a fear, which is exactly why I do a lot of the things I do. So the first time I went rock climbing, it was sort of a group activity for a team building day at work. And I got to the top and then I was terrified when you have to sort of lean back as you're going to get lowered down like i was terrified to do that um and then so i sort of started rock climbing as a way to get over that fear of heights and the same thing with skydiving i am not an adrenaline junkie the first time i think i might have said it on this podcast or another podcast the guy literally had to pry me out of the airplane the first time i went skydiving and i'm glad he did because if he didn't and i landed with the plane like i probably never would have gone again, right? Because I would I would have just been too terrified. It would have been this sort of failed attempt, but I got out of the plane and I realized how awesome it actually was. And then the next step was like, okay, well, you know, can I do this again without the the sort of panic before I get out of the plane? And then the next step to that was like, okay, can I do it alone where I'm not strapped to someone and depending on them, right? So a lot of this stuff that I do is to get over fear. Um, and then yeah like my my parents weren't really adventurous risk-taking people so even right now like my mom does not she knows that I have gone skydiving but she thinks that it's just like a one-time thing she doesn't realize that it's a a hobby for me now
0: just hucking yourself out of planes regularly (laughs) yeah Is it a you think it's a different mentality female to male do you think that uh <clears throat> you know, ladies have maybe a a barrier to entry mentally in going into something hard, dangerous, detrimental. Is do you, or do you think it's a like a cultural thing?
1: I don't think. I mean, I've never perceived that I had, so I don't know if other people feel like they have barriers. I don't know if those are real barriers or if they're sort of self imposed in their head. But especially going up to Campbell River skydive. I mean, like you know, sixty percent of their staff are these like badass women and you look over at the packing tent and it's all these like young women who are all like ripped and jacked like packing parachutes all day and there's Crystal who's one of the only tandem um, female tandem masters in Canada so I've never perceived that there's any sort of barrier to that and same with rock climbing as well so I, I mean, I can't speak for others who do feel that way. But for me, I just, okay, I'd like to do this. And then I just do it. So
0: I like that. So what do you think?
3: Uh, I definitely, It it's not uh, one of those like barriers that you think it would be for me it was as soon as someone says, I can't, you can't do this because you're either a female or you're short or you're, um, I don't know, you're minority or something like that. I did it just because someone told me I can't do it. You can't, you can't, you as another person, I mean, cannot put a limit on me. I refuse to have someone put a limit on me. So whether, I mean, that's another thing by itself. Cause I grew up in another country that they told me I can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. So the moment you tell me I can't do it. And my mom was a big part of that. Cause she told me never put a limit on yourself. When someone tells you, you can't do this, do it to prove them wrong. So that became one of those things that, oh, she can't join the army. Well, I did. Um, oh, she can't go overseas. I did. Um, you can't get into the RCMP because you can't pass this test. I did. I, I did it because not necessarily to prove somebody else wrong. I did it to prove myself that I can do it. So it's whenever, um, for me, it's more goal-oriented. So I have to set that goal and I have to bulldoze through it. So no matter how short I am or which I'll never tell how short, um, or, or how, how, um, how much uh, less strength I have comparison to the next person, I will win that fight. So, um, I, I always like to, you know, go into that, um, call thinking that way, that at the end of the day, I'm going to resolve this problem, um, no matter what happens. So no one else can deal with it. So that that's how I deal with my, um, goals
0: yeah no it makes sense sean you got any thoughts on anything we're gonna yeah
2: just uh i'm the i'm a little the same way like uh did you just say that i can't do that get out of the way (laughs) i've been like that all my life uh i i actually appreciate when someone tells me that it's that's impossible or whatever because then it's like freaking game on i you just threw down a gauntlet and i just picked it up Put it on my fist and throat punched you with it that's the way I feel about I can't do what so a lot of my life has been run by being challenged by society by being challenged by the guy or girl in front of me by being challenged by an institution or whatever. If you tell me I can't do it, you just said the magic words in my opinion
0: it's funny i uh, <clears throat> i was I was giving a, a talk to some Uh, students at a school and they, uh, they had asked, you know, is there something that if, if we're going to have vets working for us, we're going to hire veterans from the military. What, uh, what's some tips you can give us? And I was like, tell them they can't do something. (laughs) Almost every single one of them would be like, excuse me. All right. I'm going to show you here in a second. Um, Yeah. It's uh, that's a great mentality. I love that. So we got a question from Winterstorm for the group. What was the last hard thing you had to lead someone through, and what was the end result? I'm gonna put Saya on the the fire. What do you got?
3: Um, uh, I I guess I'll go towards policing side of the house. Um, there's always there's always someone that likes to challenge you and say, um, you you can't uh, we can't do this or um, bring. Uh, policy. Um, I agree policy is there for a reason but policy is a guideline Um, so sometimes you can uh, obviously through management and talking to supervisors and everything um, push that boundary a little bit further in or out. Um, So a good example would be if, if I have someone we had had a gentleman that uh, refused to go through this one specific um, um, file with me just because of the fact that he refused to uh, push that policy and enter this house. And I I didn't, the result of it wasn't supposed to be anything like to get a charge out of it. I just wanted to make sure we clear this location and make sure we get the items that we wanted out. Uh, So at least I was able to return the items that were stolen back to the person that lost it. Uh, yeah. I didn't get any charge out of it, but at the same time, at least I was able to re- retrieve it. But the um, the other person was very adamant about these rules and barriers. And I don't believe we always have to have barriers around us. So that's why I'm always the, the trunk monkey. So
0: I like it. I like it. Kate. I mean, when was the last time the last hard thing you had to lead someone through?
1: You know what? I'm I'm trying to think of an answer for that, and I, I'm drawing a blank. So I don't know. Okay, Sean, what about you?
2: Mm, I do it pretty much every day, <clears throat> so people hit me up on the regular more than people actually would probably believe, and uh, so I'm doing it every day, not just once a day, but several times a day, and so. It's not the it's not a hard thing for me it's a hard thing for them whatever that thing is and it doesn't matter whether it's a psychological and emotional or a mental uh, hard thing that they're working through if they're contacting me it's not because uh, you know they they haven't tried other things usually they've tried other things so when they contact me they're kind of looking for some tangible results to some degree and so that then makes it hard for them because I think most people know if they say, Hey, Sean, I'd like your hand on whatever. Well, it's freaking on. And, and by, well, it's on, it means that there's consequences and consequences are going to make you uncomfortable. I'm going to make you uncomfortable. And so my job, what's hard for me is making it hard for them as I lead them through the hard thing that they reached out to me to try to, Puzzle through. So not this morning yet, but literally several times yesterday, and there'll be several times today, that I have to lead someone through something that's hard for them. And I've got to figure it out with them, not me figure it all all out by myself. But the hard thing is collaborating with the person who, when they reached out to me, thought that there was no answer.
1: Mm. It's tough. But there's
2: always an answer. There's always a way. We will find a way. Ever heard that before, Chance? Uh, once or once or twice. I, I think believe maybe. it's a motto. I believe it's um, a motto too of something. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is. Hmm. So it's it's my job or our job, whoever's reaching out to me, to figure out the hard thing that I'm gonna
0: lead them through together with them. That's a great point. I uh I the, la- the last hard thing I had to lead someone through. <clears throat> I had a Former member reach out to me who was going, struggling, going through a really rough time, and uh, didn't want to didn't want to do all the things that he needed to do in order to do it. And eventually, eventually, it led him through to a point that he stopped drinking and went to a uh, inpatient center, got himself sorted out, and is now out of the military, working through therapy, and in actually, he's he's in a good spot right now. But uh, that took. I'd say a couple of months of back and forth, just trying to get, um, trying to get them, and lots of lots of two o'clock in the morning phone calls of how, <laughs> how uh, how hard his life was, and lots of lots of things like that. But eventually, there there is a way, and I think that, that's the key point is that there always is a way. Um, we got a follow up question that we'll do real quick, and then we'll have to shut her down because Sean's got to run. He's going <clears throat> going on a drive. Um, so the follow up question for the ladies. As a father of two young girls, I try to lead them through hard things, but only know how to do it as a man and not a girl. What can I do to lead them through hard things that is specific to them as girls? What do you wish someone had said to you when you were young? Kate, I'm going to throw you on the fire.
1: Um, I mean, for this and in in my opinion, for me, like, I guess it doesn't matter Um just a second i gotta get, grab my dog fern come here um uh, so for me i mean i i grew up playing sports like with got like i was the only girl on the hockey team for a while and all my coaches were men and you know throughout my military career a lot of the leaders were men so for me it just it didn't make a difference if it was like a man leading me through a hard thing so um and, you know, what do I wish someone had said to me when I was younger? I I rarely and I don't even really think that I had any moments where someone said that I can't do something. So I think my parents were always supportive of all of my crazy ideas. <laughs> so I don't really have that. You know, obviously, if someone told me I can't do something, I'm going to try to prove them wrong. But I haven't had that happen frequently. And I haven't, I guess to me, it just, I don't know, leading is leading and it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, in my opinion, it might be different for others, obviously, but
0: I like that. So? Uh, it,
3: it's more, more or less going back to that last podcast. I was with you guys, um, being, uh, comfortably when you're most uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, especially, uh, when those voices start talking and saying, "Oh, you can't do this," you gotta, you gotta push through and not listen to those voices. Um, it's and never put barriers like the the motto of the one man, one kid. Like just push through, just grab it, go. You you got this. No matter, it's shouldn't be about your gender. It shouldn't be about your the color of your skin. It shouldn't be about anything. It shouldn't be about none of that. It's just just push through, no matter. Um, what those voices are telling you because there shouldn't be any limitations on anybody and I completely agree with Kate it it, it's uh, normally especially out here in Canada that everyone's so um, um, willing to back you up and uh, there's no limitations but you know when someone's you know born somewhere else they have that um Voices that says, "Oh, I can't do this. I sh- I'm not allowed to do this. I shouldn't be doing this. This is inappropriate." So, um, definitely never put a limitation on yourself and just push through.
0: I like that. I Like that a lot. Uh, Winter storm says thank you to both. So there you go. Boom, got an answers for you, Sean. Any thoughts on? Uh, I guess yeah, leading? I can
2: I can't speak from the female perspective. I can yeah. only speak from the male perspective. But I will say this: having worked with lots of female athletes. In, from my perspective, I see no difference between male and female. Uh, the only difference as a coach would be, generally speaking, my female athletes would have to recarb up more a little bit each week versus my male athletes. That's about it. Just basically hormonal profile stuff. No biggie. Grumpy. But yeah. Well, yeah. Things Turn into an Stop. angry Karen and cars. stuff. <laughs> and so you know, the for me as a longtime coach or as a observer of human performance, we'll call it no difference from guy to girl coaching or seeing uh, awesome performances. However, I I I would be remiss if I didn't address the elephant in the room, and it's this that I think, from my perspective, females. The, the, this, the female part of the species doesn't get as much love as it should. It doesn't get as much spotlight as it should. It doesn't get recognized for its kick-assness as much as guys get recognized for it. And so my wife is an ass kicker. There's a bunch of ladies in this town that are ass kickers. There's to me, male and female is no difference other than In order to get the spotlight, which is well-deserved, ladies have to lead by example. And there's lots of them out there kicking ass and leading the way. So for the young ladies in the audience who might be watching this uh, now or later today, look to the ladies who you are aspiring to be. Look to the examples of how much excellence you want to pursue. And then... Set the example for your peers, for the young ladies around you, for the people in your high school, as an example, kick ass leadership by example, guide the future of your peers, your, your female friends by leading the way, not by watching the way disappear off into the distance. Be, I know it's so cliche, be the change that you want to blah, 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 whatever. Live, laugh, love. Just go out and kick ass and lead the way would be my point.
0: I I love that a lot. Um, So we got to shut her down because again, Sean's got to run. He's got to take off and uh, go on a trip with his wife, which is always a great plan. Never, never keep your wife waiting. (laughs) If There's any tips there. Always, always be on time for that. But any final thoughts from, uh, from any of y'all on what going over or anything else? Kate, any thoughts?
1: No, just to kind of piggyback off what Sean said. um, A really awesome woman who is just kicking ass so much lately is Courtney DeWalter. She's an ultra runner and a lot of people have never heard of this woman, but look her up and listen to her episode on Cameron Haynes' new podcast. She is awesome. She's such a great role model and a very serious
3: ass kicker.
0: I will look her up, and we'll see if we can get her on the collective and maybe get a whole little panel going on again. Saya, any uh, final thoughts?
3: No, just never put limits on yourself.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. Sean, final thoughts?
2: Yeah, what the heck is wrong with me? By the way, if you want to find some uh, ass kickers out there, other than the two on the panel right now, obviously, go hit up Kate on uh, Shoot Like a Girl podcast, where she has a freaking boatload. Of Radmaster Nine Thousand ladies <clears throat> kicking mega ass, and so if there's any young ladies out there that are looking for inspiration in any way, shape, or form, hit up Kate's podcast, and you'll know what's up.
1: And this is there a great go. moment to peer pressure Saya to come on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well done. Well there you done. go.
0: There you go. Now, you've you've not only been put in the spotlight, but look at this. Boom! Now you're physically on the spotlight. <laughs> you're gonna have to look up it. with Kate welcome to the jungle. there you go uh, so thanks everybody I think uh, Winterstorm again says thank you everyone fantastic conversation we have been wandering around uh, a great topic great thoughts I can't thank you all enough Kate and Sire, for joining us this has been awesome hopefully uh, we'll get you on again once again I'm gonna get a larger panel as well see if we can get six or seven ladies and go for longer so with that We'll see you all tomorrow as we learn, build, and grow here on The Collective. Chimo. Chimo.